Hello, everyone. This is Joe Kidder with the Joe Kidder Podcast. This is sponsored by the Adventist Learning Community. And again, I'm really very happy to have my colleague and my friend, uh, Martin Hanna. He's actually my neighbor. He lives just around the corner from me, and uh, sometimes we walk together around neighborhood, especially during the summertime. Yeah, it's good to be with you, Joe, on yeah. your podcast. Yes, yes. This is um, like the third time you are with me. Mm-hmm. I really have enjoyed those time that uh, we have spent together. Yes, this is fun. Yes, it is. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, because my topic today would be very much related to what you do. Well, like you, I have fun teaching at the Seventh-day Adventist Theological Seminary here in Berrien Springs, Andrews University. And one in of Berrien the, Springs, Michigan. Yes, yes. yes. And uh, one of the areas that I teach that we're going to talk a little bit about today is called by this big word, hermeneutics. Well, what is hermeneutics? But it simply means how to study the Bible, Bible study methods, how to read the Bible right. That's what hermeneutics is all about. Uh, is this a Greek word? It's an English word, but it's derived from Greek roots, you know. Okay. Uh, there's a, a Bible story about how Jesus met his disciples after his resurrection, and they were discouraged, and he came near to them. They didn't even recognize him, and he began to correct their theology. And the Bible says in Luke 24, he expounded to them the scriptures. And that word expounded is from a Greek word, diermenuo, from which we get hermeneutics. Oh. He, he interpreted the scriptures to them and showed them how uh, the suffering of Christ was predicted in the Old Testament scriptures. And so Jesus did hermeneutics too. Absolutely. But everyone, what we want to talk about today is the fact that everybody, every member of the church can do theology every day. It's not just for specialists like you and I at the seminary, but every member of the church can do theology every day. Okay, define theology for me. You define hermeneutics, which is explaining the scripture, Mm -hmm. studying the scripture. What is theology? Uh, Theology is derived from two Greek words, theos and logos. And theos means God, and logos means word. And so to give a simple definition that could be used by everyone, we could say theology is God talk. Theology is God talk. And everyone can participate in God talk. Everyone can participate in theology every day. It's not only for people with PhDs. So it means God is speaking to us through the scripture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And through other ways as well. But that's the key point. None of us would be able to do theology. None of us would be able to practice God talk if God himself didn't talk. So theology is grounded in the fact that God talks to us. God reveals himself to us. And because he does this, we can do theology. We can study what God has said to us. Uh, And this is the root of theology. A very important way that he reveals himself to us is what you just pointed out through scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. And, uh, and that's part of what we do in theology. We study the doctrines of scripture. But everyone can do theology every day because God talks to everyone. And we are blessed to have the Bible in our own languages. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Uh, through the printing press, through different translations produced by scholars, All of us have access to the Bible in our own language. Most of us, many of us do. And God talks to us through his word in the scriptures. But God talks in other ways as well. Even if we didn't have the Bible, 
God would still be talking to us. Through nature. Through nature, that's right. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. So God talks to us through the things that he's created. He also talks through our conscience. Absolutely. The Holy, through Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us. Yes. So God is always talking to us. And because he talks to everybody, then everybody can do theology. So give me uh, maybe some principles of how I could do theology. Well, uh, first principle, of course, we have already implied, we need to listen to God's word, but we may not always understand it right away, which is where hermeneutics comes in, the methods for studying God's word. And I'd like to share a second principle which everyone can practice. Again, you don't have to have a PhD, you don't have to have a master's degree. Everyone can do theology. First, because God talks to everyone. Secondly, because everyone can talk to God. And when you talk to God in prayer, you're doing theology. And so theology is really very down to earth. God talks to us in his word. If we don't understand it, we can talk to God about it. We can ask him to pour out his Holy Spirit into our hearts and to give us the wisdom to understand his message to us. And so theology is a two-way dialogue between us and God. God talks to me and I talk to God. If you have a PhD, that's great. If you don't have a PhD, that's all right too. You can listen to God's word and you can talk to God about what he says in his word. And that's a part of the theological practice as well. Of the original disciples that Jesus chose, none of them have any formal education that's as far right. as we know. That's right. Now Paul did, but not the rest of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yet, as they sat at the feet of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was available to them to help them to grow in grace and to grow in knowledge. So whether, that's really what's important when mm -hmm. it comes to doing theology. You that's have right. to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's right, that's right. Listen and also dialogue with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if two people have PhDs in theology, uh, but one prays and the other one doesn't pray, I think the one who prays to God will be a better theologian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's the second principle. Uh, yeah. God, first, God talks to us in many different ways, through scripture, through nature, through Jesus, who is the word of God. God talks to us, but he wants us to enter into a relationship with him, to talk back to him in prayer. And that's the second principle of theology. I just wanted to add something to what you are saying. Mm -hmm. uh, I took all of the epistles of Paul and read them with a friend of mine. So I will read and he will write when Paul was praying. We came up to more than 40 times. Wow. Paul praying, mm -hmm. sometimes to God, sometimes to, you know, uh, about other people, for other people. Uh, sometimes he's just pouring his heart out about some issues. And that is one of the great theologian of Christianity. And yet uh, prayer is all over his yeah. writings. Prayer is very important. In fact, mm. he teaches us in his letter to the Thessalonians that we are to pray without ceasing. Amen. Now, many times we think of prayer only as something we do at certain set times in the day. But Paul says you ought to pray without ceasing. So that means, Joe, that you and I ought to be able to pray while we're doing this podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> we prayed before we began, mm -hmm. and we'll pray when it's over. But we also need to learn how to pray while we're doing it. And that's a way in which everyone can do God talk, which is what theology is, God talk. Everyone can do theology every day all the time because we can pray without ceasing. 
We can pray while we're driving on the highway. Even with our eyes open, we can be in an attitude of prayer. So that's the second principle of theology. The third principle is that we can talk about God. So, so for, God talks to us, we mm -hmm. talk to him, and then we talk to other people yes, about him. Yes, When you have a relationship with God through prayer, when he is your friend, when you uh, receive Jesus as your savior, and you're in fellowship with God, the joy and the benefit from that is so sweet that you want to share it with someone else. If you have a very good friend, another human person, you want to introduce your friends to others because you love them and you think other people will fall in love with them so as well. So true. But that's what theology is. We listen to God, we talk to God, we share the message of God with others. So you can see why I say everybody can do theology every day. I could see that, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's really actually very simple. That's right, that's right. Now it doesn't mean that there are not some difficult things in God's word. Because God is God, some of the things he says to us might be challenging for us to understand. I'm reminded of something the Apostle Peter wrote in one of his letters. He says, Paul, that educated uh, Paul, he said he wrote some things hard to be understood. Yes. Which the unlearned and the unstable will twist as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So there are some difficult things in, in the writings of scripture. But with God's help, we will be able over time to grow in grace and grow in knowledge and to learn the principles of how to rightly interpret the word of God and everyone can be part of that learning experience. So I really should not be threatened or discouraged over parts of the scripture that I don't understand. Correct. Like for instance, my wife and I uh, just recently have been reading the book of Ezekiel. There are some wonderful things in it, but then there are all kinds of things about you know, the size of the temple and the size of the allotment of the land. It's a lot of details and we're saying we don't understand that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes the one mm. who is not educated academically in theology yeah. feels like they don't understand because they haven't gotten advanced degrees. Yes. But as you just mentioned, those of us who are professors of theology, we read the Bible and we too don't understand certain yeah. things. So one of the beautiful things about studying God's word is that the more you know, the more you understand that you don't know. So growing in knowledge doesn't mean that you have exhausted it and you understand everything. The journey is part of what is wonderful, the journey of learning more and more about God, which is a never-ending journey that will continue in eternity. And even Paul said, uh, he uses phrases like the richness, the depth mm -hmm. of knowing God. You know, you know, he's talking about these that's things. That's right, that's yeah. right. And the idea is already there in the Old Testament when we read in Proverbs 4:18 that the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more brightly onto the perfect day. So it doesn't matter where you start in doing theology, uh, and it doesn't matter so much where you finish. What matters is that you study every day and grow every day and do theology every day. Listen to God's word, talk to God about his word, share what you understand about God's word and you'll get stronger and wiser and more able to do theology every single day. So I'd like you to combine now for me hermeneutics and theology. Uh, you brought the example of Jesus on the way to Emmaus. Uh, he started with Moses mm -hmm. and he went through the whole Bible. That's right. 
I mean, it was a wonderful thing to have that in the Bible itself, in the book of Luke, but we don't have it. That's, that's right. And that's a yeah. principle of yeah. good Bible study methods, to yeah. study all of Scripture. Because uh, if we only study part of Scripture, we may miss the key to interpreting that part of Scripture because we haven't read another part of Scripture. So as Paul says in uh, his letter to Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's all profitable. So we should study from Genesis to Revelation, study the Old Testament and the New Testament, comparing scripture with scripture. And the more we do that, the more we will find ourselves growing in understanding of the word of God. One of the ways we talk about this is to talk about the importance of context. A text taken out of its context might cause a misunderstanding. But when we read that text within its biblical context, our understanding of the text deepens and broadens, and we find ourselves growing. It will enrich our understanding. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Philip did the same thing. He started with Isaiah, Mm -hmm. with the Ethiopian eunuch, and went to the other parts of the scripture. That's right. Because the Ethiopian eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah, so he had to start there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, so context is a principle of Bible interpretation, how to study the Bible comparing one scripture with another. It's very important. Some of our audiences do some preaching in their churches. Uh, What advice would you like to give to them? Well, we need to preach a message that's Christ-centered. One songwriter says the theme of the Bible is Jesus and how he died to save men. So I would say that another principle of good hermeneutics is to study the Bible with a view to getting a better picture of who Jesus is. In fact, that's what Jesus did when he taught the scriptures to his disciples on the road to Emmaus, didn't he? He started at Moses and all the prophets and showed them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So it's very important that we recognize that the Old Testament was preparing the way for the revelation in Jesus. And the New Testament is an explanation of the revelation that God has given to us in Jesus Christ. So in a certain sense, The whole Bible is a revelation of Jesus. I like the way you said it. Could you repeat that about the difference between Old Testament and the New Testament? Yes, the Old Testament prepares the way for Christ. You know, I was just reading this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 18, and Moses said, God will send you another prophet like me. Moses was about to die, and he had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he says, God will give you another prophet like me. And all those prophets that came after Moses, each one of them pointed forward to Christ who would come. And then he came. And now that he has come and died and ascended into heaven, he pours out his Holy Spirit into his church. And now the New Testament apostles and prophets are giving testimony of the Jesus who has already come to the earth. So the Old Testament anticipates Christ and the New Testament remembers Christ. And if we remember that as we study the Bible, we will have one of the important keys for good Bible study methods as we try to do theology every day. You already alluded to this, but maybe you could emphasize it a little bit more, and that is, how do I guard myself from doing the wrong kind of theology? (laughs) Ah, yeah. Well, we must be humble. We must recognize that we are the recipients of a divine revelation. We are the recipients of the divine word. In other words, we're not in charge of the Bible. God is in charge of the Bible. And so we must humble ourselves to sit at the feet of Jesus 
to be willing to follow where God's word leads us. The apostle John wrote about this in, in the first chapter of his gospel. He said, light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. And Peter, we mentioned him a while ago, he says the unlearned and the unstable twist the scriptures to their own destruction. So making a mistake in your interpretation of scripture can be destructive. And so we need to be humble, we need to be prayerful, we need to be willing to submit ourselves to God's revelation in scripture in order to rightly interpret the word of God. If I'm lifted up with pride, if I let my own opinions and my prejudices control the way I read scripture, then I will twist it in a way that makes it a destructive word of God. Tell us a little bit about application, mm -hmm. which really it's supposed to be in every reading of the scripture. Yes, indeed. Because all of the scripture is written for our own admonition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. So the whole purpose of theology is for us to be able to live a transformed life because of our discovery of the information in the Word of God. The information in the Word of God is not just given to us so that we can have a head full of facts, but rather the information in the Word of God is given so that we can be transformed. God gives information for the purpose of transformation. So the entrance of God's Word brings life, new life. And uh, Peter says we are born again by the living Word of God. So God wants to change our lives through this study of the Word of God. So doing theology, as we said earlier, means listening to God's word, talking to God about his word, sharing God's word with others. But the most effective way to share that word is through the way we live. Our lifestyle needs to be rejuvenated and changed and transformed. We need to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. So we need to apply the word of God first to ourselves and then through our lifestyle show others how the study of the word of God makes a difference in our lives so that others will say, I need to be studying what you're studying, Joe, because you're unique, you're special. You're, you're a, a person that I admire. Why are you different? Why are you unique? And then we can give a testimony. It's my relationship with the God of the Bible that has brought peace and joy and happiness in my life. So applying the Bible first to yourself and experiencing the power of a transformed life through the Word of God is the first principle of applying the Word of God. You, you are reminding me of the story of Josiah when they discovered the book of the law mm -hmm. and the revival that was brought to the nation at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now one of the things the Bible does when we study it is that it points out to us that we are fallen sinners, you know? And when we get that information from Scripture, how do we apply it? Well, the Bible tells us. It says we should confess our sins. I love the text in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there you have an example of a very practical way of applying what the Bible teaches us. It teaches us that we are sinners. We confess and admit that we are sinners. And then God forgives us of our sin. And then we walk free of our sins, forgiven, justified, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And that makes all the difference in my life. That's an example of how to practice and to apply what we discover in the scriptures. Always, always, it has to have a personal application. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, uh, Jonah disobeyed God. Is there anything in my life mm -hmm. 
where I am disobeying God. Yes. So in this case, the story of Jonah become my story. Yes, yes. And that story also teaches us that when we disobey God, it has consequences, right? That's true. Uh, Jonah wanted to avoid trouble when he disobeyed God. God told him to go one way, he went the opposite way, but he ended up getting into more trouble than if he had obeyed God because he was going contrary to God's call on his life. What about if somebody comes to me with some kind of theological ideas that they have discovered, which might be contrary to what I believe or what the church teaches? How do I deal with situations like that? Well, in principle, we need to recognize the possibility that we could be wrong and someone can come to us with a new insight that might actually be right. So we shouldn't just simply assume that because their view differs from ours, then we must necessarily be right and they must necessarily be wrong. We should be willing to listen with an open mind, to hear what they have to say, and then invite them along with ourselves to go back and read the scriptures and to pray together and to study the Bible together to see whether these things are so. I'm reminded of when the Apostle Paul preached to the, uh, the Gentiles in Berea and he said they were very noble people because they searched the scriptures for themselves to see whether these things were so. So if someone comes with a new, new idea, new insight, something I haven't heard before, I, I ask them, well, show me from the word of God how you came to that conclusion. Let's pray about it together. Let's study it together. And that spirit of humility can open myself to learn from them if they have the truth. And hopefully some of that will rub off on them and they'll be willing to learn from me if it turns out that I'm the one who has the true understanding of the matter. But we need to be of, uh, avoiding aggressive conflict. You know, sometimes the moment we hear that someone believes something different than us, we start putting on our weapons for warfare. <laughs> but that's not the right way to use the scripture. It's not a weapon to use to hurt others or to destroy others or to condemn others. It's more like a surgeon's scalpel that should be used very delicately to cut away uh, sickness and disease and error. But you have to be very wise and tactful and gentle in how you use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we need to pray that God will always make us humble enough to say, maybe I am wrong. Mm -hmm. And if, even if you are wrong, we still need to be humble enough to love each other, honor each other, study the scripture together to come to a better understanding. That's the key. So, so often when we disagree with each other, we find it difficult to sit down together, to study together. And so we separate and begin to fight against each other. But the spirit that inspires the scripture should transform our lives in such a way that we can study together with someone who disagrees with us. And in that process, we are more likely to make a friend and to deepen our understanding. I like to say that I learn most from people who disagree with me. <laughs> if you agree with me on everything, Joe, then there's nothing you can teach me. But if, you, dis true. if you disagree with me on some things, then maybe I can learn something from you. And, and that's an important principle for us to keep in mind as we study the scriptures. No one of us is the final authority on the word of God. It's as we fellowship together, as we study together, as we pray together, that as a community, we grow into the unity of the faith, into the full stature of men and women in Christ Jesus. I really appreciate this topic that we had today. I have developed a much better appreciation for the Word of God just recently, the last maybe three, four years. I have been reading it over and over and over, Amen. listening to it. 
And I always see new insights I never have seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Insights that have thrilled my heart, sometimes convicted me of things in my life that I need to change. Right. And sometimes I just felt like God loves me. This is the most important message of the Bible. Yes. (laughs) The love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a key theme in the Bible, the love of God. That's it, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The the whole, even theology, the whole Bible is all about that God is love. Mm -hmm. And John says, if, if God loves us, we ought to love one another. And if we say we love God and we don't love one another, then we're not telling the truth. We have not allowed the information in God's word to produce the transformation in our lives. And it's all about love. Love is the fulfilling of the law, right? That's That's something that scripture says. So true. The takeaway from today is that uh, we all could do theology as long as we allow God to speak to us. Mm -hmm. We speak to him in prayer in humbleness, in listening to his voice, and then sharing what we have learned with other mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. share by our lifestyle just as much as we share by what we say. Yeah. Someone said, I'd rather see a sermon preached than hear one any day. Yeah. So we need to, to live a transformed life. And then people will ask us, what makes you different? And then we can explain to them from the word of God And I think one of the important things you made today is that theology is about life transformation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not about knowledge, not about just knowing things, but how God could transform me. Mm -hmm. And we apply the word first to our own lives before we try to apply it to someone else's life. So important. So true. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Father in heaven, I really want to thank you for uh, your word which is called the word of life, mm-hmm. the word that transforms us, the word that changes us. Even Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the way we want to live. Give us hunger and desire for your word, hunger and desire to listen to you and have a meaningful time where we could speak to you in a prayer and other means and to share our faith with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. An Adventist Learning Community Podcast.